0: What It Do, DMV, it is episode 6 of Chirpin' DMV. Uh, we're going to touch on some IIHF World Championships. We're going to get into the one round of NHL playoffs that are going on. Then we're going to finish this interview with Scott Lowe from DMV Prospects Elite Hockey. Uh, what It Do, AB, how was your weekend, brother?
1: Uh, had a pretty good weekend. Uh, we had a game on Sunday morning, you know, got a couple of in the game. And uh, we won 6-9, to nine, which was tight.
0: You won six to nine. You mean nine to six? But we'll take the six. Nine. Are what are you, nine what nine is six this? The
1: uh, uh, Laurel Roller League? Uh, this is a this is a roller league up in Baltimore. Oh. Yep, Locust Point.
0: Anything else exciting? You didn't nice, go to Preakness nice. with Johnny and all
1: them, did you? You just kind of came back. I did not. Yeah, they uh, mm. they all went to Preakness, and I met up with them after. They were all uh, they came back on a party bus, and they were. Lacked out.
0: Yeah, I saw they were a little bit sunburned too. What to do with you, Kyle? How was your weekend there, big guy? I saw you up until 6 a.m. hitting golf balls with Tony in the garage.
2: Yeah, I mean, just working on the game. I mean, played golf a couple times this weekend, got out there, and just really working on my game.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's not too bad. I, 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 I was snapchat That was Saturday, no, Friday night. You were getting crazy because I, I got up early Saturday, and it was like 8 o'clock, and my cousin was like, let's go rip the boat for a little bit. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I'm going by your house at like 9 a.m., sending you Snapchats. And I think you were passed out to like 12 o'clock that day. Dude, we went on my cousin's boat. And um, he was like, all right, we can go. We got to go early because I got to be off by 1230 because I got a wedding down in Solomon's to get to. I was like, "God, oh, that's cool. That's cool because I didn't want to drive all the way up to deal and get on mine. So he was like, yeah, let's go on the boat. So we got out there at like 9 and it gets around 11, so we go down to Stonies because we're like at this point you've been out there long enough, you just need a drink. And it was nice as hell out on Saturday, so they don't cl- so we get there, they don't open till 11:30. So we go to Sea Breeze, pop in there, they're opening yeah. at 11, boys. So we walk in there, sit at the outside bar, had a couple Coronas, and. I dabbled with an orange crush, and at that point I was a couple beers deep, in that orange crush, and I was like, "Man, I'm ready to buckle up." And oh yeah, Saturday at that point, dude, when it's when it's noon and you're feeling that good, but he's like, "Oh, we got to go now. Um, let's go take the boat back." So I was like, "All right, cool." We take the boat back, we pull in at like 12:30. We're back at the house by one, and then so he rolls out. I see him roll out of the neighborhood at like two o'clock, and then it's 3:30, and he sends me a picture of him in his suit. He's like, <laughs> he was like, "Bruh." The wedding's tomorrow on Sunday. Oh, I was man. like, are you, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just drove all the way down idiot. there? I was like, how'd you not figure it out? I was like, did it kick in? And you're like, oh, maybe that's Sunday. He's like, no, I got there. And I was looking around, and people were looking at me like, dude, this is tomorrow. All dressed up and shit. What the fuck are you shit. doing? Yeah, had we had just gotten off dinner. the boat. And he comes back. He's like, dude, you like my bad. I was like, dude, I was ready to just, like, buckle down and have a Saturday. Wow. Um, oh, my God. And oh, not a good that's look what for happened. The boys. So there wow. that is. That sucked. And then just kind of spent the rest of Saturday watching Brooks Kepka do his thing. And then watch yep. that on in the Sunday because didn't do much Sunday, but um, dabble over the misery of that awful Game of Thrones ending. A B, that sucked. Oh my God,
1: dude, it was so brutal, man. Right? They just
0: didn't explain anything, and
1: they just like, here, they grueless, skipped but, over some. Dude,
0: to hell with that show. Well, to oh be
1: to be completely honest with you, boys, I didn't want
2: to bring something up, but uh, actually. Yesterday I had some time and I did watch the first very first and second episode of Game
0: of Oh, Games. was it tight? There's a lot of nudity. That's all I'll say for our listeners at home. Oh, perfect. <laughs> good, because enjoy it while you can because it starts to suck. Um I mean, all right. yeah, there's seven
1: there's, seasons there's, before that. That's let's, good. Let's yeah, get there's it back to seven some puck good here, season. Boys.
0: So we have one playoff series going on. I don't I don't think the Boston Carolina series was over when our last episode aired, but it doesn't matter because it was boring. Yeah, did we have Anything to talk about on that? Because that series sucked. That's so embarrassing by Carolina. You play us that well, and yeah. then you sweep the Islanders, and then you shit the bed like that. Oh, what a disgrace! Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, I'm man. awful.
2: I
0: I can't believe
2: that Carolina folded like that. It, what the way a the disgrace. way Justin Williams was playing, like I really like. I mean, can't really bad math him, but he was running around trying to look for something. They just didn't have the talent anymore, and Boston just showed them what what a good team does and steamrolled
1: them. Yeah, Justin Williams, he was rattled all series long, and I mean that's what Marshawn does. He just gets in your brain and you just, yeah, just he tried to outsmart Mar Marshawn and yeah, it put, didn't work. Just put you in a pretzel and then Tuka Rash just standing on his head all, all playoffs long, shutting all of us up. That guy is dead yeah. back there. And on
0: the other end Morazic stunk. But yeah, yep. Tuka Tuca's doing. That's what you need to do in playoffs, man. You just need to have those it's big games. A lot of people wrong, You need too. to have those he big games. Really, he hasn't really got yeah. that rep in Boston. NFL, like Because what did they score? Five goals in that whole series, Carolina did or something. But I like think because I was talking to DJ or something. And I was like, dude, like that's all you need is a hot goalie. Because as soon as Hopi had those shutouts in Game Six and Seven last year against Tampa, I was like, bro, who's gonna beat us? We're not, we're not losing. You're doing your goalie's playing like that, you're yeah. solid. But I mean, that series is done boston's got like a two-week layover it feels like they're not gonna be playing for a while we'll see what happens there i feel like to come out and get pumped game one regardless of who they play but what are the news and notes on uh, carolina anything interesting
1: uh so i was actually looking up they got a couple free agents coming up here uh looks like justin williams has to make a decision on whether he wants to keep playing or not uh sebastian ajo uh, he must be a restricted free agent because he's he's really young. And uh, Michael Furland, he's probably another free, uh, restricted free agent. And Peter Morazic. So they they got a couple big signings that they have to uh, that they have to get down, lock down before. Uh,
0: I feel like they'll, they'll do there. Williams because he'll stay the captain. He he'll be fairly cheap. He was and kind he's of back at the so end so of the career anyway. So just guys. finish it out there. <laughs> uh, didn't Nahao go straight to the World Championships?
1: Probably. I would assume so. I
0: thought thought he did. And then, Fairland, the hell with him. Um, Break T.J. Oshie, we're going to break you. So, yeah, do whatever you want. We don't care. Well, Uh, kind of
2: moving on from that series, uh, how do you think about Boston getting this weight, waiting for uh, the Stanley Cup? I mean, it could be, I mean, I guess it's already set, but I mean, they still got maybe a game seven. That could happen between San Jose and
0: well, the Blues. They, uh, they said what May 27th. I could be wrong on that, but is when the couple start. Regardless of what happens in this series, you never know, dude. I mean, they're pro athletes from the NHL. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, they need the rest. They can get the rest. And the other people are like, oh, too much time off is gonna get you out of that competitive flow. Who the hell knows what's gonna yeah. happen? They could come out and get pumped game one, or they could win game one like six nothing against the Sharks or the Blues. Who the hell knows? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah like well, th- the, good, but ahead, the teams. The teams that have uh, swept, they, they ended up just getting swept like the next round, it seems like. Has, like did any team um, that swept um,
2: go on to the next, did win the next round?
1: Well, Islanders
0: the,
2: swept and then
0: got swept. Got swept. Um, Carolina swept and then got swept. Got swept. Was that the only two and sweeps in the playoffs? Columbus, Columbus swept, swept, but and then, then they lost to lost, the pros. but are oh, the so Bruins going to sweep and then get swept? Yeah, I mean, they, well, they'd be the first
2: team I to sweep and then win again if they do end up winning the Stanley yeah. Cup.
0: Yeah, and this year. Um, there's that series, like I said, boring. We don't really care. Um, the interesting one, you guys both picked the Sharks. I stuck with the Blues gun. Um, blues looking good, baby. One last night, up 3-2. to two. That Sharks team is banged the hell up. They're struggling. They are kind of hitting the wall and hitting it hard and hitting it fast. And you can see that, too, with, like, last night, Carlson and Pavelski leaving the game.
2: Yeah, I think uh, those two, and uh, I think it might have been Hurdle, they're saying could be out for game six coming up. Yep. So that would be that, huge. that would be huge blues rolling what they it was 5 nothing final score 5 nothing did you Sunday see that
0: penalty night? shot oh yeah, jumping Tarasinko, what a snipe
2: that's what they needed they needed teres era danko yeah he's he's been their guy there for a while and i mean if they're going to make it to this next round he's he's going to have to show up game 6 or Tara Stanko,
0: hands, boy. But, yeah, that was a good game it. by the Blues. I picked them, oh, well, I should say Sunday because this will drop on Tuesday. We're recording on Monday. But, um, yeah, the Sharks are just kind of hitting that wall. They've had two tough, tough series. Uh, sucks that everybody's kind of getting hurt on their team. Carlson hasn't looked great the past couple games. Uh, really sucks because I wish they could just kind of give Logan Couture to the Blues for the rest of the playoffs. She'd be like, here you go, take him to the finals. Yeah, he's Andy easily –
1: he's – the funnest player to play uh to watch in the playoffs right now. I mean, what is he at 14 goals or something?
0: It's a, it's something like that. It's absurd. He's at like a yeah. point 0.8 or something points per game in his playoff career. He's got the, he might have passed over now for uh points or what was it goals for in the goals. playoffs since 2010.
1: Got to be one of the clutchest players in sports. I mean, he's he scored that game-tying goal uh with like what, less than a minute left or whatever to force an overtime. They ended up winning on a very controversial goal, but yeah. I mean he comes in at the most clutch times. Him and Joe P are just – they're just the clutchest players.
2: Yeah, but speaking about that series and clutch players, I mean, on the other side, uh, Jaden Schwartz. I mean, that guy's got 12 goals this playoffs already, two hat tricks. He only had 11 this whole series, so –
0: yeah, yeah. Um, very nice. good, obviously. Uh, and then what was it? When didn't, when Carlson scored the other day, that was his first goal since, like, December, yeah. I think they said, which is like... Yeah,
1: his the... first goal in 2019.
0: Yeah, it's absurd. Are you kidding me? Do and we then, want to yeah. jump into
2: that goal a little bit, get your guys' opinions on that? That was a hand-pass goal, hand right? That such bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's kind of like I don't think he was meaning to hit it there. Kind of just Carlson but, was in the right spot, right time. But
0: Well, no, mo- well, the, the mo- it's, it's a bad bounce to start because whoever it is, whoever got the secondary, sits on his knees, shoots it, and it like goes up the defender's stick, like straight up a stick almost, like rides that fiber and just goes straight up and then comes down and he just gives it that smack towards his guy. His guy just settles it down perfectly and just one pass over and Carlson yeah. tucks it.
1: Yeah, wide open net. But, I mean, that's – how your four refs, they got to be watching the puck. Like, I don't know what else they'd be watching, and none of them see that happening. Like, come on.
0: The ref that was right behind it in that right corner was the same ref that – was involved in the one, um, the, the Blues, uh, fuck, I'm hitting a blank right now, but he was involved earlier in the playoffs in the Blues, went through some crap with one of the refs, but um, he was the same guy from last year in the Cup. Um, he was in that same exact right corner when uh, Reeves cross-checked Carlson from behind and scored that goal.
1: I uh, yeah, just it didn't call Staring
0: at it. Yeah, that he was the same exact ref. I don't, don't know what his name is. Could year. care less to say his name. But, yeah, he's the same ref that sat there right in that same spot in the right corner, right behind the play. And when Reeves cross-checks Carlson from that, the back and tucks that goal, and that game one and, gets out of hand.
1: Yeah, it, and it, they got to they gotta be able to review that shit because, like, you, you're you allowed to review an offside. Hap, that happened, like, five minutes ago. But you ago. can't. But you can't review that? like A hand
0: pass f- that happens. Was that double OT? A hand pass that happens single in double OT. Single OT. But regardless, overtime in the playoffs, that literally causes a goal.
3: Yeah. But like right. Abby
0: said, you can review a offside that happened four and a half minutes ago that, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Now we're going to give them the goal and reverse the clock a bit. De- definitely it's going to get to
2: the point, I believe, in the playoffs where every, and even regular season, every goal should be reviewable. Just like every touchdown in the NFL. I mean, every scoring play should have some kind of review where
1: yeah, it's just it. rid- it's just ridiculous. Like if, I, any- it is, I agree, but
2: that to to make it that's what it's going to come down to. That's just No, like, I mean, no, I agree. It's, it's,
1: it's ridiculous what the rule is now is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, the ref
2: but from that play and that thing, I think the ref's totally botched it. They shouldn't have handled it that way and I mean, yeah, you got the fans yelling at you, but I mean, I I just think they should have handled that a, a lot a lot better and good props to the NHL for kicking them out the rest of the playoffs.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, that 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 series is three to two Blues. Um. Next game in St. Louis, I believe. Correct. Game six in St. Louis. So yep. phew, I think the Blues are out of there in six. You guys are going one and one in your conference final predictions. No, I'll be zero uh, oh to two. The Canes. Yes, That's right. So you I'll stink. be zero and two. You stink. Um, so, yeah, I think I just think uh, Sharks are too banged up as much as i like to see them win for a couple, <laughs> couple players. But I would also, I would also hate to see them win and go on and have a shortened bench and lose to the Bruins that way. That would suck. Give it to the Blues. They need a, they need the first cup in history. And I know us as Caps fans would cheer for that because that euphoria you get when your team wins their first cup is just absurd.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. The Blues, I like the Blues. I mean, like I said earlier, a couple episodes ago i got a nice little ticket on them so let's let's hope no. that cashes so
0: yeah. yeah and you're losing two big guys on the blue line out of the playoffs kind of marketable guys and burns and carlson but those are your flashy guys but ab you wrote a blog um on com. let's do it but you wrote a blog about defensive defensemen and how that position is kind of dying out and kind of gone Touch on yeah that it's almost
1: bit. it's it's almost like an endangered species right now i mean if you if you think about it, you got like all these teams are just all they they're filled with puck moving defensemen, and that's the only way to like keep up with this game. The game is so fast; you got to be able to move the puck and get it off your stick uh, real quickly. And you got guys like I mean Niskanen. Like I I was ragging on him a bit, but he you could see that he was just a step below everyone else. I mean he's kind of a shutdown guy. I mean, Char is Char. He's been in the league forever, obviously, so he's going to stick around. But Orpik. I mean, he's he's getting up there. Or pick. I mean, those guys just aren't as valuable to their team as they once were, yeah. and I think it's because the game is catching up to them. I mean, look at Boston's back six. Besides Char, every single one of them are pretty young defensemen that can all move the puck, and they are just rolling through the playoffs right now. And they all they obviously have Rasp behind them to back them up, but. Carolina was the same way, where they have six guys who can all move the puck, who can all have a little bit of a puck handling skills with them. And the Sharks are the same way, too. I mean, they have Vlasic, who's also, he's a defensive defenseman.
0: But yeah, but Fred all these Burns guys you're mentioning are older. I mean, Vlasic's 31, I believe, and then you can even right. throw in Ryan Suter on the wild into that mix who's like 33, 34 or something. But it's just
1: right, like, and like, look, Carl, Carl Osner, I mean... Former cap legend, but now he turned into a trader. But I mean, is he even in, he's not even in the NHL? No, right that now. guy
0: stinks. He's
2: yeah, out of here. I mean, I, I also think uh, that mentioning, Bill mentioning those guys that you're naming are older. It's mostly to do with the the younger game too, the college, the. OHL, like all that they speed 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 it's all about speed that's what you're getting taught so i mean most of those players even if maybe they would have been a shut home defenseman they're getting taught to be some type of hybrid now to having that score that scoring ability or touch with the passing all right they
1: kind of like even like even shea weber like he's not as dominant as he used
2: to be right because i mean that that's what it used to be like you train somebody to be home your shut home defenseman and you put them with a guy who's uh who's not a shut-home defenseman It kind of evens it out, but now nowadays it's just that's how you teach it. Those Eric Carlson. Well, a
0: lot of them are adapting, both. too, yeah, things like, they can do it um, what's his name? Uh, Matthias Eckholm. I would consider him one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, and he just had, like, his best offensive season yeah, of his can, career. Yeah, he
2: can do it both. Yeah. Just, like, I, I think John Carlson's a really good shutdown defenseman when he plays mm-hmm. to his ability, and he can also score at any moment
0: for you. Yeah, you're kind of looking for your strong side or puck side. When you're in the offensive zone, you're looking for your puck side demon to pretty much be at the hash marks, yeah. supporting that and starting to play, and your weak side guy just popping to the middle and maybe sagging even a little bit, just like, push it, push it, push it, push it see what happens. Well, I mean, you you see a good a lot of good youth hockey in
2: the area. Do you even see that in youth hockey? Do the sh- the shutdown defensemen anymore, or is it mostly kids
0: trying to adapt? Well, kids aren't game. as big anymore. I mean yeah. from what I've seen personally. Yeah. Uh watching youth hockey
1: and coaching it. They're not because as big. They're so are, speed you, guys. They
0: have to have that body, that
2: mm-hmm. body size
1: and weight not to get pushed around. Plus and they gotta make smart decisions with the puck too, and they, they gotta be able to handle the puck nowadays. I mean it's just too hard to be able to play the, this game without being able to handle the puck anymore.
0: Plus, most of the kids are just forwards that switch to the fence minute, scores or peewees exactly. or whatever, yeah. so they're, they're offensive-minded anyway.
2: Yeah, I kind of exactly. opposite of that. Um, up. But uh, even Joe Thornton, like, switching to, I mean, just the game being faster, Joe Thornton had to change his game as an offensive player to the way he used to play. Right. I think he's done that tremendously.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, you've been watching the World Championships. Um, USA, ever since that first loss, has gone on a bit of a tear. Yeah, um, been playing well. Update us. Update us. What's going on? Who's balling out? How are our capitals doing? I think Lars Eller might have got hurt. Did he? Yeah. Took well, a puck I want to the face. I start
2: with the Russians. I mean, they're killing it. They're playing really well, everybody on their team. Um, I'm sure everybody saw on social media Ovi had a good save on the bench looking out for his teammates, making a glove save there. But, uh, I mean, Orlov's playing pretty good. He had an impressive uh, assist last night. He's got one goal, four assists on the tournament. Uh, I mean, Ovi's one goal, one assist, but he's plus five. He's out there when the Russians are doing what they're doing, but they're, they're high-scoring games. Um, but quick back to USA, Jack Hughes has just been playing good with them, and he's been playing really smart. And him and Patrick Kane are just playing really well on the same line, seeing each other, and it, it's really getting to an interesting the big thing with the worlds right now is
0: who's gonna be number one, yeah, overall. but didn't Jack just get his first point, like the fifth game, yeah, but if you watch the game, yeah. it's And Capo Kako's highlights are all over Twitter, just yeah. Unreal goals, dude. I was watching too, and like I didn't pay much attention. Well, I didn't know what the, like the groups were because they have the two big groups, so I've just been watching it, yeah. And then I finally looked up the groups, dude. Yeah, no wonder Russia's six and oh because the group is Czech, Sweden, and then it goes to, like Latvia, Norway, Italy, and like uh, group in with still got A, and there was Finland, yeah. But it, group A, in there with Finland, Canada, USA, Germany. I mean, all those teams, the only team in that top four right there. Um, yeah, USA, let's see, they got four wins five wins by Canada, five wins by Finland, four by Germany, and then Slovakia right there at fifth, too, the team we lost to.
2: Which Slovakia is playing really well because it's their home. They're they're, pretty much yeah, they're at home. Yeah, yeah. So nice. that, that's kind of got that bump that USA got and, down by, but I think that kind of helped them to realize look, we got to pick our game up a
1: little bit. Um, and big shocker play. here. Nikita Kucherov is uh, second in points with 14 points in six yeah, games. Yeah, I
2: saw that. That I mean, that guy just puts up numbers. They would have enjoyed numbers, that in the playoffs, in the I, first round. I kind of hope, I kind of hope Russia does go pretty far in this tournament, and maybe to the gold medal game to see what Kucherov would do, like in a meaningful game.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, they like, they should. They have they have a fully stacked roster. They have their they have their yeah. A squad, while everyone else brings their B squad. So.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, because I think Ahu did join um, us right away. So, I mean, I, it's it's kind of wild just how the cup ends. Like, people can just, like, come hop on the team. Like, oh, you're five games in, but this guy's a stud. We'll take him. Um, yeah. Anything interesting other, other, from other Caps guys, Kyle?
2: Uh, I mean, Lars Eller, other, other than what you mentioned, I mean, he's put up some points in what he's played in. He's got two goals, three assists, five points. Yeah. Um, Jacob Vrana, I mean, he's scoring out there. He's got four goals, one assist. What I've seen uh, a couple games, I've got to watch him. He's he's flying out there, he's skating really well. And uh, Kuznetsov is, al- is another one. Um, every time I watch Kuznetsov, he's been playing well, and I just kinda wanna know why he didn't play like that for the Caps this postseason.
1: Yeah, he was, he was he was a ghost out there during the postseason for us. But, I mean, the, the big ice, when they're, when they're playing on that big ice, yeah, that opens everything up for Kuzi. He definitely, yeah, that's how he can make those uh, cross-ice passes. When
0: you're, you're so. not in that stressful playoff environment, it's like, oh, we're playing Italy, and it's 6 nothing. I mean, just yeah. toss uh, across to the ice to Ovi real quick and watch him just dummy this goalie that stinks. Yeah, it's not hard to be good in
1: this tournament.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, I think Co- Capo Caco is taking over that number one spot right now. Um, Caps guys doing what they can. I think, I think we got what one or two more, maybe one round robin games, and it gets interesting. Is USA Canada Tuesday the, the, day today when this drops. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the
2: the 21st. They're gonna play each other. It'll be early in the morning. Um, so that, that'll be an interesting game. Canada really doesn't have any of their big-name guys. but they still got a solid roster, and that'll be probably yep. the U.S.'s um, first hard matchup, I would say, since the Slovakia game. Their leading point-getter is Anthony Mantha with 11 points
1: and Jonathan Marchessault and Mark Stone.
2: Yeah, so we know those guys. I mean, they they can play, they can score, and we'll see if uh, if the U.S. can, they got a younger team.
0: See if they, they can play control. and score, but they don't scare me. Yeah. Uh, Like some other Canadians would. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we were talking about it this weekend. We were texting, trying to figure out stuff for the pod. And I wanted to try to do that... um we came up with that new segment, Unleash the Fury, where we'll play that clip of Wes Johnson just letting it rock. And then it'll be easier during the season because we'll just, after every Caps like loss or something, we'll just go through Twitter and Facebook and read the dumbest tweets and comments you can imagine of Caps fans just unleashing their fury. Uh, well, I it might, gonna, be,
1: might be me, honestly.
0: Yeah, he, well, yeah, we won't read their ads for certain reasons because we don't want to <laughs> expose anyone and their stupidity. I was going to do it today, but I scrolled through, like, Two minutes to cap Twitter. I was like, I don't want to go all the way back and try to find that tweet from the game we lost. Um, outside of that, that pretty much covers everything that's going on hockey-wise uh, in the NHL and the IIHF. Uh, we got some shirts coming in. As soon as they get in, we'll we'll tweet them out. We got some stickers coming in. What's up, Kyle?
2: Uh, one thing I did want to touch on too is, I mean, once we kind of gotten through everything, AB, I know you wanted to touch on it too. What do you? Which matchup would you rather see, Bruins? First Joe Thornton and the Sharks? Or would you like to see St. Louis get in there? Obviously, don't be biased with your money. But, uh, I mean...
1: I would would so much rather see Big Joe playing against the Bruins for his first Stanley Cup ever. That would be awesome to see. That's the best storyline going. But, you know... Yeah, uh, yeah, either
2: way, I mean, you got St. Louis with... uh, uh, big Pat Maroon back there, hometown boy, signed that ticket, got the game-winning goal in game seven to send them to the Western Conference Finals. So I mean, either way, we, it looks
1: like we got a pretty pretty cool matchup. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at either of these Western Conference teams winning.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good regardless. Yeah, I'm going to cheer for the West uh, to come out of it. Um, yep. So, yeah, now we're going to kick it over to, like we mentioned before, Scott Lowe from DMV Prospect Elite Hockey. His Sunday night Elite League got underway at Reisterstown last night. Uh, final scores from that, Joe's Flow, 8-8 beat the saucers you only had five uh ab i know you were a fan of those names and let's see we'll
1: just score that dude the saucers game. so tight
0: i know and then we'll and then the grinders beat the hosers seven six so that's what you get hosers uh like I guess the hosers. grinders just Some grinding it out on them i bet yeah so we'll kick it over to scott right now and um enjoy So, all right, we now welcome on an awesome guest, a guy that has a huge impact on the local hockey scene here in the DMV. You may know of his platform. I'm sure a lot of you do, but we'll get you to know the guy behind it all, the creator, owner, operator of DMV Prospect Elite Hockey, Scott Lowe. Scott, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, a little bit of everything right now, but it's all all good. Got uh, a lot of kids figuring out what they're going to do next year and then the NCDC draft tomorrow, so it's a really crazy time for – for hockey right about now, even though most people think it's off season.
0: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we were just talking about that beforehand and before we get into that it's kinda I feel like the off season is your busiest time, which <laughs> as most people's not, so like I said, we wanted to bring you on for a couple reasons. Uh, one being you to talk about what you do in your DMV, you know, elite hockey platform, but also to promote what you got going on in terms of summer leagues, camps, tournaments, you name it. So we'll start with that. Um, I guess tell us how all this began. Uh, what brought you to want to start the DMV elite prospects platform for player development and promotion?
3: Yeah, it was um, kind of by chance. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to start going through this process with my son, Devin, when he was about 15, uh, he played on a really good Howard double a team back in the infancy of the EJ EPL, which back then was mostly triple a teams from new England. And we had a really good team. That was probably better than team Maryland back then. And we went up and played in that league and basically won the regular season and got to the championship game. And all of a sudden, you're playing in these showcases in Boston and all, all these coaches started talking to Devin about playing junior hockey. And we had no idea, you know, he wasn't ready to leave home and he had no idea what it was all about, but uh, just led us to do a lot of research. And we probably wasted a lot of money over the years and we did a lot of showcases and, the, and things that we weren't sure about. But at the end of the day, Learned a ton, um, made a lot of uh, contacts, and, and started to build a network of junior and college coaches who were interested in him. And uh, lo and behold, he got drafted in the NCDC and the NHL. And then all of a sudden, all these people in this area started asking me a lot of questions about it and started kind of giving them the information. And then I was like, you know what? Um, you know, why not start promoting kids in this area and start educating the kids and the parents and trying to help them get there? And it really started as maybe taken one, t- one group of kids to a, a summer tournament and then started the website, which basically was, I'm just going to promote as many kids as I can and many teams from 15 UAA on up. And it's just kind of evolved into this whole thing and snowballed. And it's pretty cool that, you know, we've been able to impact a lot of kids in a short period of time.
2: Yeah, Scott, I just I just want to top in here. This is Kyle. That's just awesome that, I mean, you got the firsthand go through it with your son, experience it, kind of see how everything goes, especially uh, Howard. That's a great program you guys started out at to go from there and just awesome. And I really appreciate what you've done for the area. It's awesome, man.
3: Thank you. It's, it's, you know, I tell people all the time, like Devin never played above a hockey until he was 15. He went, uh, he loved the game. He had opportunities to play double A, but wanted to play with his friends and his second year Bantam year, he was the player of the year with the Baltimore stars. And he was like, dad, I know, you know, it's time. I need to go up and try a higher level. And just so happened Howard was at that time still is a great program, but was just, Really booming, um, really growing, and playing a high level. And he went the Nationals twice, three times with Howard. And then, the, you know, he told the junior and college scouts he wanted to stay home and graduate. And they said, you know, that's fine, but um, we want you to play AAA this year. So he got a great opportunity with Team Maryland. Chris Saransky came in, made him the captain. He led the AYHL in scoring and just kind of snowballed from there. But we still had to reach out and contact a lot of people about him and get him on the radar. They knew who he was, but They needed to see more and see him in person. And we did a few camps, and he got, you know, was lucky enough to get drafted. But um, just, you know, I try to tell kids all the time it's not a rush. Hockey's different. Right. If if you're not signing, you know, if you're not committing when you're 14 or 15, you don't have to panic like some of these lacrosse families do. It's, you know, he didn't commit till he was 20 years old in March of his of his 20th year, and he's going to play D3 now. So there's no reason to rush. You don't have to leave home if you don't want to, but if you do, you know we'll help you do that as well. I kind of try to figure out what the kids want, what's the best situation for them, and then just try to open the doors. Um, I don't go and tell a 15-year-old you have to leave home because it's just not true. Every kid's situation is a little bit different, and we just try to find out what's the best road for them.
0: Right, so yeah, just kind of started as a hockey dad of a, a travel kid, and then it grows from there. And as you know, or as a lot of us know, hockey is such a different landscape when it comes to that entire process, because we're probably the only sport that will not go straight to college out of high school. If you're some big time uh, recruit for the most part, a lot of it's go the junior route, do all of that. So like we said, you do cater to the elite level, uh, the top tier players in the area with your development and promotion of whatnot. And as we know, there's, as we know, cause we're here, we know there's no shortage of that and it only continues right. to grow. But I mean, as we've seen in this age of like social media, the ease of access to stats, highlights, you name it. Um, do you find that those platforms are kind of playing a big part in getting these local guys out to juniors and, Prep and college programs, whereas some may still overlook our region here in the DMV.
3: Yeah, I think I think one of the frustrations for me was just being around the rink and seeing so many good players, and you know, so many parents who are kind of like, when they get to be 15 16 17 the kids, it's kind of like, you know, hockey's a dead end. Go play lacrosse. Go play baseball. And I, I was like, it's really not a dead end. It's you know, there, there's not that many people that are good at it. So this area had a lot of good players all along. And whenever they would come to me or come to Devin, the scouts or the coaches, I'd always try to promote a few other kids anyway. I'd say, you know, there's three or four kids on this team you should take a look at. And that's kind of where it all started. And I think now there's just, the, you know, the certainly the website The technology, um, the ability to watch almost any game on video for the coaches really helps. I mean, for Devin, um, we put together about 19 or 20 clips that were on YouTube at the time. I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) but I knew knew that people needed to see something who had seen him. So it kind of started as, you know, we went through and looked at, um, thankfully for the web, you can go through and find any junior roster. So we went through tier one, tier two, and the top levels of tier three and found out which programs were losing a bunch of forwards. We ignored the rest and we started reaching out to the, you know, through email after seeing that on the web to these different programs that were losing forwards and saying, Hey, you know, here's a kid who led the AYHL in scoring. You may not know about him. He's been to Southeast district camp a few times. Um, he's had junior interest, but you know, I think he can maybe play at this level. Here's some video and ultimately you know, having a resume and, and leading the league certainly helped, but they would look at the video, they check with their scouts, and then ultimately it came back that, you know, our scouts told us this kid's somebody we should consider drafting, but my owner will shoot me if he doesn't come out in person to skate. So those teams that replied with that kind of interest, he did pre-draft camps, and then he got drafted. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, having the access to that information on the Internet, what teams needed forwards, saved us a lot of time and and probably is what got him drafted because we weren't wasting time and money going to programs that needed one forward. You go to a pre-draft camp, there's 150 kids and they need one forward, you know, unless you're Wayne Gretzky that weekend, the odds aren't very good. They're not very good for you. So that's kind of the process. It's like narrow down, find somebody who really knows who you are and where they have a need and go from there. Don't just go throw your money and chase tier two camps all over the country.
0: Right, and there's such a difference just looking at a player on stats and looking at sheets because they might have a ton of goals but that video just helps so much because you're not only looking at that player, you're looking at the competition they're playing because you might get some kid who might be playing at a lower level and it's like, oh, look at all these stats I have, but unless you know what competition they're up against um, which is what a lot of what is a lot of what you do is create that competition in this area in the off season. But I guess one more thing on social media and whatnot before we uh, get moving on is uh, you do a lot of, you know, stuff throughout the season, Um, highlighting games, uh, promoting stuff, updating scores. And that's tough to do Um, with obviously so much in our region. And I've seen firsthand um, people legitimately giving you crap on Twitter saying, Hey, you being upset about something so minuscule, minuscule where it's like, hey, you might have missed this score, you might have missed this, you didn't cover this, right. and it's like, well, well, kind of what the hell do you expect me to do? I can't be in <laughs> every rink uh, every night and handle it, but I mean, right. what are your thoughts on kind of that type of stuff where I feel yeah. like, in my opinion, people should just be glad there's that source of information?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I mean, at least the interest is there, and people are craving it, and they want more. You know, and and I, am you know, I need to grow a little thicker skin probably sometimes, but it is a lot of work. And, you know, I probably did a little bit less than I did the year before just because taking over an ice rink at the same time ate into a lot of the time that I had previously to do it. But, you know, my goal with the website and the social media was really to be Switzerland, being neutral during the regular season. I, I don't. You know, I don't have an affiliation with Team Maryland or the Little Caps or Howard or Tri-City. I try to promote all the good things that are Mm -hmm. going on and as many kids as I can. I'm not going to get to everybody, but my network's starting to grow a little bit with people who provide the information, which is a huge help. And, you know, ultimately, I hope it maybe will evolve into having a lot of different little, you know, pockets of people that can get, get me some of the information that I can't get. I mean, I'd love to be a full service one-stop shop for any scout it's kind of tough who wants to learn about the dmv and come in and say hey here's the top 20 kids here's the top you know i'd like to get to that point and and maybe we will um but right now i just try to not um not play favorites and not align myself with one particular group just as many kids as i can and um you know if somebody approaches me about a kid i'll pretty much get the information out there
0: yeah, and that's kind of what we would like to try to help do it too is just kind of sure. all as one team just kind of get that information out there cuz I know in previous seasons I've I've been on Twitter and seen a game on Live Barn or something and DM doing been like, "Hey, like uh like, like last year in the PHL playoffs when Spalding had that three-goal uh, third period comeback, I was like, "Hey, you might be missing this, but yo, yeah. here it is. Like yeah. get it out there. Let people know."
3: perfect. I mean, that's, you know, I do have a pretty good following. So if someone's out there with, you know, 50 or 60 followers and has something good that I can help blast out to more people, I'm happy to do exactly. it. I mean, it makes my life easier and people really appreciate it too.
2: Yeah. So Scott, I wanted to kind of jump back to some of the stuff that's going on right now, some of the programs and teams that you guys offer. And I want to start with Team DC. I know that uh, goes on every year at the American Showcase, starts around yeah. in April. Um, how, how did that get going and get started? And how about talking about this year, how the guys go?
3: Yeah, Tony McCauley, the DeMatha coach, uh, started it uh, years ago. I, I don't know exactly the number of years, but um, it used to be in Chicago. Um, a ton of guys have gone through that showcase. It moved to Pittsburgh about seven, eight years ago. Um, NHL players have been through it, Division one players. Um, it's a really cool opportunity. We had 20 teams from around the country in the boys division this year, juniors and seniors representing all areas of the country. And there's just a ton of scouts there from the tier two, tier one, tier two junior level, NCAA, a few, and then a lot of ACHA too. And I think it's a great opportunity for kids that to be seen and also educate themselves that there's a lot of great ACHA opportunities out there as well that, you know, really there's a lot of schools. um, Lindenwood in St. Louis, uh, we've toured Lindenwood. We've had their coach come and talk to us. They treat it like varsity hockey. I think eventually their plan is to go D1 NCAA, but there's just, there's so many opportunities, and this really opens the kid's eyes and gets them exposed at the same time. But the reason I got involved four or five years ago because um, my son was becoming old enough to play, and I was friends with Tony for years, and, um, you know, Tony was just kind of getting worn thin. and. Uh, he, was, he wanted to stay involved, but he couldn't put all the time in to be the GM, the full-time GM, but he had the contacts and he had the rights to do it. So I just kind of offered just because I didn't want it to go away before Devin got to play. I said, hey, Tony, why don't you let me just do all the stuff that's really time-consuming and hard like – you know, do the marketing and the promotion and get the kids to sign up for the tryouts and do all the paperwork. And then you just be the GM. We'll bring in some people to evaluate and we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, this is when it was back in Pittsburgh. And, you know, he was nice enough to let me get involved. And Devin had two really great experiences there. And just the feedback from the kids for being out on their own, away from their parents, on the bus. We give them the junior the junior experience—they're with their teammates the whole the whole weekend. They're learning to talk to scouts and learning, you know, what it's all about to to have to compete in that type of setting and have people watching them and talking to them. It's just an awesome experience. The feedback was so great from the kids that. I just wanted to work with Tony and make sure even once Devin was done that it continued keep and, um, it, yeah, yeah, keep growing. And, you know, we get, we get 50, 60 kids out to try out now. It's really awesome. We get some, we've had equal distribution from Maryland, Virginia, which is really cool. It wasn't that way in the past. Yeah. And you know, this year we, we went three and zero in pool play We had a great group of kids, a good mix of um, returning players, juniors, seniors, Maryland, Virginia, competed at a high level and got to the quarterfinals for the first time in a long time. So it's nice to be able to kind of grow it, get more kids out each year, get more of the better kids out. But at the same time, we get to to really highlight some kids who never get to play AAA, who are good enough to. Um, It's just an opportunity for them to get seen as well. They come out, they try out, they make the team, and they do really well um, at the tournament. So it's been real fun for us to showcase those kids who are maybe under the radar and get them the opportunity to play junior, junior hockey. It's been, you know, it's a really cool event and I just, I wish more people could experience it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember back to my playing day, it was a big thing for people to go try out for Uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Picker really played on. He told me about (laughs) a great experience he had and it's just, the atmosphere, getting to get into play with players in the area that normally you wouldn't because of where you live, something like that. Yeah, it's really cool bringing all those guys. Yeah, or
0: kids are going up against yeah, big kids, high school games. Yeah. And Usually your in
3: yeah. the games and so it's, you know, it's awesome. My one of my visions when I started doing all this and the reason I try to stay neutral during the regular season is like, wouldn't it be great to really? At some point, get all the best kids in the area together for something, whether it's Team DC or whether it's the Chowder Cup. Like, really take a, a real good D.M.V. team somewhere and see what we could do, as opposed to having to deal with politics and exactly you know who's paying how much money to play where and how many years they played in a program. It's like let's get the best kids one one time a year together. And let's go see if we can make some noise and show people that the DMV has great players. And that's kind of my vision, what my vision's been. Team DC really approaches that. We have Little Caps kids, Team Maryland kids, Tri-City, Howard, Ashburn, Reston. It's just that from that standpoint, it's really fulfilling to be able to bring all those different groups together.
0: Yeah, just like you said, take a group of pure DMV talent and just kind of go show the rest of the country uh, what we can do here and kind of put us on the map as we grow. So these last two I want to talk about, I believe they kind of work somewhat in conjunction with each other, is your off-season invitation-only training program and that Sunday night Elite Hockey League. Um, so we'll start with the training program. Uh, are you guys recruiting players for that? Or are they reaching out to you? And what kind of benefits, I mean, are these kids getting uh, that make the cut and get to come and get that high-level off-season work in?
3: It's it's interesting because you'll see the common theme here is I was always looking for stuff for my son. So um, after his first year in the NCDC, he played in like 35 games, 37 or 38 with the playoffs, Um, got to play in two really good playoff series. Um, But, you know, he went from being the the top dog in AYHL to like he played two games in September in the NCDC and then he was scratched for five, And um, just a real eye opener for a kid who was the best player on his team. Now, he had to learn to play 200 feet. He had to learn to play within the coach's system. He had to learn a lot of things that he hadn't been taught yet. And, um, you know, by the end of the season, worked his way in, was in the lineup regularly, played in, you know, a playoff series that they won with two overtime games. Um, But he came back and the coaches were like, look, we love how you stuck it out and how you persevered and how hard you worked. But, you know, you need to get faster. You need to be able to get your shot off quicker. You need to be able to do this and that. So it was kind of like, oh, you know, where do I take him? How do I get him the opportunity to do that? So we started with um, Joe Vinakis, who uh, coaches Team DC, coaches the Navy women's team, played at Calvert Hall, played junior hockey with the Mm -hmm. Little Flyers. Um, His brother George played with the Black Bears this year. Joe's
0: down involved at uh, my rink now, Capital Clubhouse, as a hockey
3: director. Right, and he's the hockey director here now, too, at Rysertown. He's splits his stuff.
0: Taking on a couple of plates, so...
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh, but, but Joe was kind of a young guy looking to cut his teeth and get some more opportunities. He had some great training ideas on ice, and we just took a small group of kids and focused on the things that Devin needed to get better at, which in turn, really almost every kid needs to get a little faster, a little more explosive, learn to get their shots off faster, learn to... Um, handle the puck in game situations, not just skate around cones. So it really was just a small group up here in Reisterstown. And, um, you know, my idea was having worked in college athletics for 15 years, like I watched every year our basketball teams at the Division One level, even the mid-major level, they got the opportunity to not only practice, but they part of their training regimen was pick up basketball with really high-level players. Well, hockey players – around here, don't get to play pickup with high level, other high level players. It's kind of like, you know, when you go out and play pickup, there's triple A kids, there's B kids, you don't have enough ice time, Mm -hmm. you know? So I thought, you know what? Stevenson's right here. I have a good relationship with coach Dawes. Let's start like a Sunday night pickup game where I I try to invite, you know, as many triple A kids and junior players and high double A kids to play with the Stevenson guys who stay in town over the summer. And I thought it would be successful, but I wasn't really sure. And then, um, you know, we actually got seven or eight Stevenson guys out regularly. We got a bunch of junior kids in AAA, and it just snowballed. And we played all summer last year, and people kept talking about it, and the interest grew to the point that we're going to have a four-team league this year. um, And it's going to start up this Sunday with some preseason games. And um, just can't believe that it grew as fast as it did. But just a real opportunity for kids to play a very fast game. We limit the contact. There's no coaches on the bench yelling. It's like, go out there, try your fancy moves, but let's do it at a really high speed and try to make it better at the same time and keep your legs moving throughout the summer. And it's just been, um, it's just worked out really well. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, how it works out now that we're going to have a, a team league this year.
0: For sure. And like, you said you you mentioned the basketball pickup analogy. It's not like we can just walk up to a court at any time, anywhere, and just start shooting some hoops. It's it's ice hockey. It's a rink. Right. Rink ice time costs money. And then right. once you're in that summer season, not every rink is available. A lot of them will right. melt ice and get prepared. Uh, for the next season. Right.
3: So, and you look around the country and you know Boston's got top gun and there's the beauty league out in Minnesota which is mm-hmm. mostly pro guys. There's some leagues like this in Baltimore or in Buffalo that are high school or um AAA college guys, um junior guys. You know, I my my ultimate vision was hopefully to get to that point, but I didn't think it would happen this quickly and just uh yeah. you know, I think I think we can have six high level teams by next year. This year we're going to Actually, have some overflow, so the kids who can't get into the games on Sunday, I've got some more ice on Tuesday nights to at least get them out there at a similar level and keep them going. Kind of like if you think about Mystery Alaska, where the kids were kind of competing to get into the big game. Right. Into the big, so we're going to have these these younger kids playing, and when a spot opens up, a couple, you know, it's summertime; people go on vacation and go away. So there'll be weeks where people can't make it to the Sunday game, and we'll have some younger kids ready to fill in and get a taste of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, speaking of all that, with all the other leagues you're touching on, I mean, you guys are kind of dialing that in with that little, still keeping it fun and loose. It is summertime. You guys, I saw a couple of those team names that looked pretty funny. What's going on there, you guys? Who who those come up with? Who come
3: up I'm with? not sure. Uh, we just were sitting, just trying to make it a little <laughs> ho- make it hockey-oriented and make it a little bit of fun. So,
2: Yeah, it's, it's awesome to bring that aspect yeah, so to we the got, game we, as well.
3: We got one team's the grinders, one team's the hosers. Yeah. Uh, my team's the Saucers, and then Jovanac is uh, is the flow. Joe's flow. So That's awesome. all kind of funny hockey terms that we think yeah. kids that age will relate to. We got jerseys come that came in that are. Um, I got fortunate. Hockey Monkey was doing a um, a sale on N- on Warrior NHL uh, replica jerseys for seven ninety five jersey. Gee, perfect. <laughs> so, um, instead of just doing practice jerseys, we've got like. Bruins, Rangers, Blackhawks and Flyers jerseys that the kids are going to wear with the, the DMV logo on the front. Um, the kids who pay for the full season, will get to keep them and, you know, trying to create a little bit of professionalism, um, but still making it as fun as possible.
0: Perfect. And, yeah, there it is, a Sunday Night Elite League. By the time this airs, that will uh, have officially gotten underway. Um, I guess we'll leave it at that for now because we definitely want to have you on more, uh, especially yeah, when the course. season gets started and gets closer and gets underway, do a little preseason talk, uh, talk about some guys and some more in-depth looks at the talent around here and what you know the listeners can expect with the upcoming season. And like yeah. I said, I know personally all the work you do is greatly appreciated by a lot of people, especially me and the rest of the coaching family, uh, the hard work you put in to promote some of the guys and the talent in this area so Scott like we said thanks again guys if you're in the area of Reisterstown Sunday Night Elite League coaches go check it out um, even if you just want to go watch some hockey because you're craving it <laughs> in the offseason so last thing I'll have you leave us with is I guess tell everybody where they can find you your website your social okay. media tags all that good stuff
3: yeah um, for the for the Sunday games the games are going to be 4:15 and 6 o'clock all summer here at Reisterstown um, just a good high level of hockey if you want to come watch some of the local prospects We'll have Stevenson players out. We'll have D3 commits from the area. Um, we've even had Steven Halliday, who was the number one pick in the USHL draft last year, skating with us the last the last few weeks. So, come out and watch. By all means, support the kids. It's a fun summer activity. But as far as the other stuff, the website is um, DMVProspects.com. Um, we'll be keeping people posted on on commitments and the summer activities. Um, and then our Twitter is just DMV at DMV Hockey. Um, and, and, you know, anything you need to find out about us, you can find in those two places, but also anytime, you know, I'll help any kid. Um, it's not about money. I open a lot of doors for kids who don't pay a dime for anything. So, um, always feel free. The web, uh, the website has our email address and, you know, any kid that's interested in getting involved, we'll try to give them a taste of it and, and see if we can help in any way.
2: Scott, thanks again, man, for coming on. I mean, this this was awesome, and everything you do for the area is great, and it's going to help build and build and build the DMV to be a a better area. Thanks a lot, man.
3: I appreciate you having me, and anytime you want, I'll uh, I'll be happy to talk to you guys. Thank you.
0: Okay, we want to thank Scott Lowe again for coming on. Guys, follow him on his at DMV Hockey, uh, promoting all the local talent here in the area. Um, Like you said, guys, it's Monday night. Uh, we have the, Is that the next game tomorrow? Like Kyle said, we have Canada-USA in the morning. Is that Sharks-Blues game, game six tomorrow night? Yes. Or tonight, I should say, Tuesday no. night. Yeah, Tuesday night. So, yep. yeah, we'll touch on that series. We'll be over Uh, by the time we do the next episode. So... We'll recap that, and then we'll make our cup predictions, Um, see what happens there, see what our standings are in terms of predictions. Uh, Anything we want to go out on? What do you want to tell the people, AB, besides that Game of Thrones still sucks?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty disappointed in Game of Thrones, man. I mean, I was... Like eight years in the making for that shit show.
0: Well, uh, what was I texting you? I was like, well, first of all, Arya doesn't change her face. Oh, we're not no spoilers. It's not two a freaking seasons. Um, not what did I? Uh, I text you. I was like, um, yeah, I guess we won't do any spoilers, but yeah, to hell with well, it. All right, all. boys, thanks
2: for listening. Um, uh, couple get us
0: on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like we said, follow us at Chirpin DMV on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're getting more active on all that. Check out our blogs and our website www it's that time of year again, so congrats to all you seniors, college seniors, high school seniors, finishing up school, graduating. I hope uh, We hope your senior season uh, was a memorable one as you either move on to college hockey or move on to juniors or you maybe even be done hockey now and heading to the beer league. So we'll welcome you to beer leagues with a, a couple cold ones. And, guys, I think that'll do it. Um, A.B., Kyle?
1: See you, boys. Yeah, have a good weekend.
3: And that's it, Brando, you stupid
1: lizard. Have a good weekend. It's fucking Tuesday, Kyle. Yeah.